and welcome to a brand new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Sports Editor Austin Huff with you, joined by a new special guest, first time on the program, uh, Mike Deke. He's been a new correspondent for us. He wears many hats in the various roles. He is a current employee of Fairfield Community Schools. Um, what is the, What is your official title actually at Fairfield? I don't know if I've ever asked you what your official title is. Well, thanks for having me. But the long, the long <laughs> title that goes on the paycheck that I never see because it's all direct deposit. Right. It's called the Administrative Assistant for Parent and Student Support. Mm, you're doing a lot of support. I'm supporting a lot of people. Yes. 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 Um, and then you are also technically on the Wabasee wrestling coaching staff. Although I've never seen you coach wrestling before. Would you say that's Fair. There are some things that I do coach away from the light. I let Frank and uh, Big Sal take care of most of that stuff, and uh, Garrett Stuckman does a good job as well. So there are things that I actually do for the program uh, away from it. Am I am I doing uh, chokeholds and uh, table slams? No. No. But, no. But if we need to get the camel clutch out, we will get the camel clutch out. Yeah. Mike is a, what, 15, 20-year veteran of the area journalism? 20 years. 20 years mm-hmm. over at uh, – Papers that shall not be named, yeah. whether they were full of ink or free of ink. They, the building to the south. <laughs> yeah, just south yeah. of us on uh, Main Street. Yep. Um, so, known Mike the entire time I've been here, and now he's our new correspondent, one of our new correspondents helping us out uh, in a time of need, which we really appreciate. So, Michael, it's awesome to have you on. As I said earlier in the week, this is our first time formally ever talking sports like on the record. This mm-hmm. is very exciting who knows where it's gonna go yeah if you ever pasted our text messages together it would probably work itself into a podcast we're texting probably what two three times a week yeah i'd imagine on the short and they they never are one text we we usually dive into somebody somebody doing something whether it's northwood hoops or fairfield or wallacey winning a conference game for the first time in 30 years and <laughs> stuff like it's not that, that or, bad. <laughs> yeah or why we can't beat mishawakan wrestling or whatever but yeah it's always something. It's always fun. Uh, that's, I think, the magic of how you last in the industry is you have to kind of look past just scores and bars and see that it's it's actually a lifestyle and the people within it, much like everything else, there there's really good people in, in the industry, whether they're in media or coaching or referees or whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a really fun, I, I want to say a lifestyle. I think that's probably the, the proper term for it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say your whole life is somewhat centered around this mm-hmm. job now. Um, so let's talk high school sports. That's what let's, we do here on the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Uh, we'll start with boys basketball, the moneymaker, as we as I have often called it on this 49 other states type deal. I don't know if you saw this, but the Indiana Hoops Hall of Fame now has shirts that say in 49 other states, it's just basketball. But this is Indiana. Mm-hmm. So I saw that today on Twitter. I was like, I don't know if that's new, but it's not surprising. Um, Northern Lakes Conference. We're through four conference games for everybody. We have two remaining teams that are unbeaten in the conference games. Northwood and Mishawaka. Both teams 13-2 and two overall. Both won by 16 this past week, too. When you look at the math, actually, I just realized that. Northwood 45, Goshen 29. And then Mishawaka beat Northridge 73-57. to on Saturday night, um, Northwood 13 and two, they will probably move to number one in the 3A poll this Tuesday, um, which will come out, I believe, after 
or right when this podcast gets posted on Tuesday. Not sure when it's going to get posted. Um, full disclosure, this is a Monday afternoon taping, so we have some you know missing information gaps. Usually we tape after the poll comes out, and we can have a really good analysis on that, but not right now. Um, but given Mishawaka Marion lost to Penn um, in a very good game Friday night, uh, Penn won by 14 eventually, but seems like Northwood will move to number one, and that's not a surprise. They were number one preseason, have stayed in the top two, three, and they're really good. I don't know if you've been able to see them in person this year, Mike. I know you're very busy doing other things, but uh, Northwood's pretty good. I did see the Panthers play at Fairfield Ooh. in December, and they started the game 27-0 on good. my adopted family. And <laughs> they, they were not just doing it in Aaron Wolf fashion. They were doing it with some swagger. They were mm-hmm. doing it with a little bit of flair. Uh, we had a, I want to say – Almost, almost an alley-oop dunk to himself by Ian Rosh, where he kind of tossed the ball up and dunked it to himself. And I thought Northwood's fans were just going to run on the court like like a ball is life <laughs> video. Yeah. And it it was ridiculous. Uh, I have seen a little bit of them on TV. 46 has had them on uh, once one other time this year that I did see. Yeah, St. Joe. And, yeah. yeah. This and past Tuesday. They're, they're playing as well as anybody. I mean, it's a cliche term to use in sports. But if they're not number one, they they'll be right in that conversation throughout the rest of February. They're yeah. they're as good as any team in the state right now. Yeah. And between Rosh, Cade Brenner, and the cast of characters, you mean you could pick another guy on any night. We were talking about that earlier this year. Uh, you and I were about mm-hmm. they can pick a third guy, and that third guy can beat a lot of teams. Yeah, and when your third guy is a six foot eight, two hundred and thirty pound sophomore. Like in Tyler Rosh, like that's mm-hmm. a good third option yeah. on offense where you can just throw it down to him and and you know get a bucket. Um, their game against Goshen was weird. It was a very low possession game. Um, Goshen did everything they could to kind of like keep it that way. Didn't play fast on purpose, which is fine. That's what Goshen kind of does anyway. Um, but Northwood was able to adjust, you know, and just find a way to kind of grind it out. Um, you know, it was their second lowest point total of the season for Northwood. But it was also Goshen's lowest. So, like, you know, both teams, neither one was really filling up the bucket um, on Friday night. It made for an interesting environment. It was a big crowd. They didn't have much to cheer for, though. It was just like, oh, okay, we made a bucket finally, and then three more minutes of no points, and then finally another bucket. It was just a weird vibe the whole night, I felt. One thing that I I know Aaron Wolf and I have become friends off the court, and one of the things he's talked about over the years – is that his teams are always pretty well equipped to handle running gun games, or if you've got to get into a 33 to 29 double overtime game where nobody can hit a shot, his teams are okay in that too. And that's that's showed in this little run they've had the last couple of years, um, save for a couple of losses to Leo. Yeah. Um, if you take a couple of those losses out to Leo, they've beaten just about everybody in any way you can think of, upside down and inside out. And Goshen was coming in off of a really nice win the yeah. week prior. Yeah. And typically when Wolford's teams have a little momentum, they put together a little bit of a run. And for Northwood then to just kind of basically evaporate their their identity to 29 points, that's really impressive. Yeah. And so big week for Northwood. They go to Warsaw Friday night. That's always an interesting game. Warsaw coming off a nice win over Concord. I think people thought this game was going to be a little closer Warsaw pulls away. They won 52-35. to 35. Concord had won five in a row going in, or six in a row going in, excuse me. 
Um, they lose to Warsaw. Warsaw now nine and six overall, three and one in the NLC with their only loss being a negotiation at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Tiger Den, everyone's favorite place to play. I know. Uh, just get people going talking about that place. Um, never an easy place to win. Um, so Northwood will have their hands full, even though Warsaw maybe not as good as they were last year. They're still a good team. Jackson Gould, still a very good player. Reached a thousand career points Friday night. They're going to be a handful. Um, that's that's the game of the week in the NLC this week. For I sure. Think, I think one thing you can always count on with Warsaw is they're not going to lay an egg at home. If they get outplayed at home, they're probably losing by two or three possessions right. at and the most. Like when they played Penn last week at home and yeah. at the middle school, which yeah. is kind of cool. At Lakeview, it's yeah. a 10-point 10, 10 game. I mean, not many people are playing Penn to 10 from this area. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that a, shows it, you. It was an outroad special. Right. Outroads beat Warsaw doing outroads things. And, you know, they, they play a tight game. They get just enough points to make you chase and hit their free throws. And that's... That, I mean, the Albert Rhodes has been winning like that since 1984 when they hung a banner. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he was like, well, we're in the old gym. We might as well give him an old-fashioned mm-hmm. uh, yeah. showing. Um, so, yeah, the NLC schedule this week you get. And then Mishawaka goes to Goshen Friday night. So, you know, I I guess you can never count out Goshen in the sense because they beat Warsaw. But Mishawaka is playing really well. I mean, 13-2. and two, um, I don't know if it's a surprise but, you know, they were good last year, but it feels like they've taken another step this season. Northwood, Mishawaka, they are the final NLC game for each team February 11th. So, in theory, if they keep winning 6-0 and versus 6-0 and on a Friday night at the Cave, uh, yeah. February 11th. So Mishawaka is one of those programs that I grew up in that school system, and they can get momentum really quick if the community can get behind them but can lose it just as fast. And mm-hmm. seeing that scoreline of, of 16 points between Northridge and Mishawaka, a little surprising given that Northridge tends to play up against better teams, mm-hmm. and you'll see them battle really quality teams. Mishawaka is a conference champ just a couple years ago, so it's not too, right. it's they won not in their too first far year stretch coming to in. say, hey, yeah. hey, Mishawaka can't do it in this conference. Um, obviously, there's a tradition here with so many good teams on the paper, but I think Mishawaka is surprising some people and may have may have that 6-0 mark headed into that final game of the year. They've, they've won 10 in a row overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have so they have Goshen, and then they play Warsaw at Warsaw next Thursday. That could be a war. Yeah, yeah, that, war. That could be so. a game where you see Jackson Gold get up to 40 points, if, if only because Warsaw needs him to. Yeah, so that'll be really interesting. Um, and then... After this week, Northwood has Concord next Thursday at home. So there's your two. You know, Concord has been playing better. Um, it's going to be hard to beat Northwood, but Concord is going to. Concord last year wasn't. They were about 500, and they almost beat Northwood. Took a mm-hmm. last second shot from Brenner. Um, in this, I call it the snow game, or it's just a snow to foot outside, and they still played yeah. at Concord. Only game in the state. Yeah. Only game in the state. That was. Yeah, this is a memorable uh, night because that, that video. Got around real fast yeah. because nobody else was playing. It was literally so the, the only entire state basketball. Saw the video. Right. <laughs> I was like, it was like the most tuned in uh, game. I think when we had Aaron on last week, he said it was the best game in the state that night. So we called it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And definitively, the, it was. Yes. Yeah. And maybe his worst performance 
in the state that night. Yeah, it was, yeah. Because I know he wasn't real happy with how they played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northeast Corner Conference, boys, you were there Friday night. Biggest rivalry. I think it's the biggest rivalry in the area, personally. Sorry if anyone's offended. Westview Fairfield. Um, when both teams are good, it's a great environment. Even when they're not that good, it's still a good environment, especially when it's at Westview. No offense, my Fairfield people. It just it just hits different when the whistler is going and, and the stands are full. And, and uh, yeah, Westview squeaks out a victory over Fairfield. They come back the next night, route Garrett uh, by 23. They're 10-4, and four, and they're 5-1 and one of the conference. I don't know. What'd you, what were your observations of uh, Westview Friday night? It was rowdy. Uh, we we were dealing with some things in house today because of some rowdiness that between the students and administrators and things going on. We, I guess you could uh, say that because but, you are yeah. a representative of Fairfield. So. Oh, sorry, I, yeah, I punched out at four. My bad. <laughs> you can uh, say we. It's fine. Yeah. Well, uh, the Fairfield administration we're dealing with some things today. <laughs> that the official um, statement. That, that, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Period. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was actually a way better ball game than I think a lot of people had even imagined. Um, yeah. Westview didn't get the big production out of Yoder. And Brady, out, Brady Yoder. Yeah, well, yeah, you gotta I, I clarify. Guess like 19 yeah, I think there. he might be the only Yoder like of the main group this year on the roster. Yeah, so, so you could just say Yoder and you're yeah, fine. Brady, Not th- this year only. Um, Coach Heinen had sold out on making sure that he didn't go off. And he didn't. He he actually shot really poorly on Friday night, um, as the other players on Westview continued to not hit shots late in the fourth quarter. Fairfield all of a sudden went from being down 12 to being down two, and only a late free throw forced uh, two bad three point misses on Fairfield's part to allow Westfield Westview to escape. And uh, they're they're still a pretty good ball team. But one thing that Fairfield did expose that Westview might have problems with is they don't have anyone inside. To they guard. are a small team. Yeah, they they gave up the first 10 points of the game uh, to Fairfield shots within the uh, five feet of the bucket. Uh, Tyson. Um, Frey? Tyson Fry was Fry. Getting, yeah, Fry. 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 Yeah, I, we refer to him as first name, sorry. Uh, Tyson Fry was was getting decent looks. You, call him, you call him T Fry. Yeah, yeah T Rex. We're, 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 yeah. we're buds. We're buds. Yeah. Yep. So he was getting some looks. They were getting some some decent opportunities inside, and Westview had to kind of reassemble their defense, which they did in the second half. And you could see those adjustments allowed them to kind of stretch out the game into double figures, uh, where Fairfield didn't have to chase. Um, I didn't see the Saturday night game, obviously, but yeah, I, I can I can only assume that Westview made some adjustments, uh, and they probably spent yeah. a lot of time Saturday morning shooting free throws. Because uh, Chandler, after the game, spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, four fourteen, four four, yeah, yikes. Typically, they'll make at least half of those, and he said, "We, you know, we're barely over twenty five percent from the free throw line. We've got to make some adjustments." Yeah, and apparently they did, in fine fashion against Garrett. Yeah, they are. I said it last week, but they're really surprising me because they, it was such an unknown. Like last year, they were just okay, kind of struggled, like and. One year, Rob Yoder kind of filling the gaps after the Ed Bentley year. And mm-hmm. new coach coming in. You're not sure. He's 26, like 27. He's one of the coaches that's younger than me now. Like, I'm getting old here. Um, and uh, they're 10-4. and four, And their only losses, I mean, West Noble, good team. Mm-hmm. They battled all the way to the end. Angola at the buzzer. Northridge. Early, who's a good team. Still a good team, I think. They are struggling right now, but... Mm-hmm. 
They still got good pieces there, and then they're only Northwood is their only loss, and everyone loses to Northwood. Like sure. they they're a they're you know a buzzer beater away from still being unbeaten in the conference, and you know really pushing West Noble there in that conference race at the top. I mean, it's still only a one game lead for West Noble, so this could still go either way. But you know, six and zero and six and zero looks a little better when you look at the standings, right? West Noble controls their own destiny still. Um, so yeah, speaking of Yoder, by the way, he's at 982 career points, so he's 18 away from a thousand. The coveted 1,000 career mm-hmm. mark feels like he should be able to get that this week. You never know, you know, things happen, but um, he he can only might only score 12 points like he did last week against uh, you know. So Westview, Westview, I'm pulling up their schedule. Sorry, dramatic pause. They play Eastside Friday night. So they could he could get that. Eastside's struggling this year. And then next Thursday, Westview at West Noble. I think next one, Thursday is loaded. Sorry. One I think one aspect of the Westview West Noble game that could be really interesting. Everyone knows that Austin Kripe is going to get the ball, and everybody knows that Brady Yoder is going to get the ball. Who's going to get the ball when both of those guys are double teamed? And Westview figured it out Friday against Fairfield. And obviously they're figuring it out the next night against Garrett. West Noble, I watched a little bit of their game at the NACC tournament in the final, and teams are selling out now on Kripe, and West Noble is slowly coming back to the pack. If you look at those scores, they're not quite as yeah. as wide as they were early in the season. Probably Austin just going out and shooting 25, 30 times and seeing how many points he can get. Uh, now teams are selling out, and I think you're going to see that more as as the state tournament draws yeah. draws near. That teams aren't going to let him get 20 looks a night, maybe even 15. I think he saw the slight adjustment this past Friday when they played Fremont because Braden Barth ended up going for 32 points, mm-hmm. 14 rebounds. Kripe still had a triple double against Fremont: 23, 11, and 10. This guy's he was good last year. He's even better this year. It's insane. Um, so the key for them is if Barth becomes more consistent because he's had these games where he's been really good. And then he has some other games where he scores six points, seven points, and it really falls on Kripe to be the superhero. Um, and he, that's kind of how he's been the last two seasons for West Noble. They need Braden Barth. They need their defensive guys to really lock in. Like they're a good team. They're going to probably finish, you know, with 20 wins maybe in the regular season, they got, you know, 10 games left. They're going to probably get to at least 20. And obviously they're in a tough sectional with Northwood there. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, they, they they are, I guess, more susceptible to where, like, if Kripe is somehow off, like, they're more beatable in that sense than, like, a Northwood. Right. Northwood is a more complete team, it feels like. I'm sure Ethan Marsh will yell at me for that. But, like, whatever. Um, you know, so – it's interesting because those two teams are going to play each other again. In the reg- they're going to play each other in the regular season coming up in a couple weeks, and they're probably going to see each other again in the sectional at some point. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think one aspect that, that you're talking about that comes to play a lot and I've seen in high school sports, especially in, in boys' basketball, you can get a player like Marcus Burton. You can get a player like Jackson Gould, Cade Brenner, who can fill it every night, 30, 40 points if they have to. There's an Ian Rosh always around that can get you 20 if Brenner can't get to that number that he's supposed to. As you mentioned with Wes Noble, if Kripe can't get to his number, somebody else is going to have to. 
to kind of level that number out. Um, right. It, and when they don't, as Chandler said Friday night, with Yoder not getting to his number, someone else had to. And they had a couple guys who did step up. Uh, they had uh, Luke Helmuth get an and one. They're late in mm-hmm. the game that helped really yeah. bring some momentum and kind of slowed Fairfield down a little bit. And then they had just a couple of kids just hit 10, 12-foot runners that they absolutely had to have as Fairfield was closing. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's interesting. They're West Opal Westview. That feels like they they have separated themselves at the top of the NECC this year, um, you know, as we get into the second half of the regular season. Um Quickly, don't, don't sleep on Prairie Heights. They're they're playing. They're solid, sneaky basketball. But here's a transition. They lost to Bethany Christian last uh, week. Did you bring that up on purpose? No, you should but I have. have savvy. Yes, uh, Bethany Christian. Yo, ten and four. They've won five in a row. Why did I say yo? I don't know. Five. They're playing well. I have them ranked in my top ten in the one A poll personally. Um, not to you know brag. But um, when you get to vote, you get to talk. They were 11th last week overall. They, I've got them ahead of Bar Reef, which is you don't hear that often. Bar Reef is still probably okay, but like, you know, I, I was actually thinking, I don't know the last time Bar Reef was not ranked in the top 10. They're always in the top 10, it feels like in 1A. I don't know the last year. They've been good every year I've been here. So I don't know. And obviously they're way south, so we're getting way off track here, but yeah. like, as a general follower of the state basketball, like they're always in that conversation. Yeah, when Triton made their runs in the late aughts into the early teens, I think it was 2008, 12, and 13, mm-hmm. they they made state runs. I think Bar Reeve was opposed to them twice. Yeah, and had lost in the semi-state the third the third right. situation. So you are absolutely right in that sense that Bar Reeve is kind of that southern team, you know, much like a Fort Wayne Blackhawk here in the north that they're just going to be good every year and you just kind of have to accept it. Yeah. Well, Bethany Christian, 10 and 4, they beat Prairie Heights Tuesday night, Jaden Schlebach, buzzer beater. I don't know if you saw the video of the final sequence of that game. It was bonkers. But 10 seconds, did you see it? I did not see it, no. 10 seconds left, Bethany inbounds the ball. They get about cross half court. Maybe like there's 12 seconds. I don't know. This is the, some time. Prairie Heights steals the ball. They go. The guy misses the layup. The follow-up by the Malone kid, Isaiah Malone, he tries to like one-hand dunk the missed layup. He missed the dunk. Rebound to Bethany. They throw it down court to the kid, Schleybach, who's open. Shoots, gets the three off with like .1 second left on the clock. Banks it in. They win 47-44. So Bethany... Like, they had a chance to win it, then they lost it, then they won it again. It was crazy. Yeah, Prairie, um, Prairie Heights has done that to a couple of teams this year, so yeah. turnabout's fair play. So, and then they beat Hamilton by 30 on um, Saturday, which is fine. Doesn't everybody. Yeah. The 1A, we've talked about it in here, but the 1A boys basketball sectional that Bethany is in is at Hamilton this year. Why? Why? So. No comment. No comment. 10-4. and four. Uh I they're up there on the surprise list. They I know Tyson Chubb's a great player and he was coming back. He had 28 against Hamilton, but they graduated Beck Williams, the best player in program history. Mm-hmm. They have like no seniors on the roster, maybe one. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head if they even have any seniors. Like their whole lineup, starting lineup is juniors, sophomores. You know they're a young team. I don't know what people were expecting of them this year. It was like well we'll see and. They have stepped up and 
You know, their losses are like, you know, Lakeland Christian by two, Westview in the first game, which, you know, you're kind of allowed to lose to Westview. Like, it's one of those teams, you know. Um, they, they, you know, they're playing well. And they lost to West Noble, like, of course. Like, West Noble's really good this year. So, yeah, it's it's been a good season so far. Daniel Mast has them playing well. He just, you know, you never know sometimes who's going to surprise you. And Bethany and Westview are the top two on my list this year, at least from our area. Yeah, the, the Bob Lovell in me coming out says, you know, when you lose a player like Beck Willems, then, <laughs> you know, you just you just have to find a way to adjust. And I, I think in this case, when you're talking 1A schools and you have a player like that who's kind of transcended what you're doing and has rewritten the record books, I'm sure your guy Tony Miller could recite yeah. every single step of his four-year yes. journey there. Uh, but, yeah, give a lot of credit to Dan for getting that program on the right foot when you lose something like that because obviously you have a group of kids that are playing behind him who aren't going to play a ton, uh, whether it was in the forward position or I did see uh, Beck was running point at some point Beck, last Beck year. Beck pretty much playing. Kind of doing yeah, everything. He was a little bit of everything yeah, for them last year. I saw year. him in the post. I saw him running point. And he just sort of did a lot of things last year for them. And for them to then turn it around, they already have 10 wins and we're not even into February yet. That says a lot about – what they're doing and knowing that Bethany plays pretty decent schedule. As you said, they've got Westview, right. they, you know, they're West Noble. Yeah. Right. L- LCA is in their conference, but LCA is no joke. Right. They, well, LCA this year, ball. they're good. They yeah. split the two games. Bethany won regular season that they played in the tournament 10 days later in LCA. They both, both games, two point, you know, two point margin that, and they're in the same sectional this year too. Yeah. So they'll probably see each other again in Hamilton. Yeah. I'm, Woo. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Middle of nowhere. Yeah, shout out to Seth Martin down at LCA, the kicking ball. He is good. He is very mm-hmm. good. Watching him play, it was like, okay, well, that guy's pretty good. Yeah. That guy's pretty good. He's been doing that since seventh grade, and you could just sort of see he was coming. But yeah. he's, I think he's arrived, and he's proving that he's been ready to play. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was a lot of boys' basketball talk. We are rambling, but that's okay. You that's know? what we do. Yes. Girls' basketball. Um, we'll start. We had the sectional brackets come out. This past week, I don't want to dive too much into them because it's next week. We'll, I'll do a deeper look at the girls' basketball sectionals pairings next week once we're right on the cusp of the games. Um, but naturally, um, Penn and Northridge are playing in the first game against each other in 4A, second year in a row, uh, over at Concord. Uh, Fairfield got an amazing draw in sectional 20. They get to play West Noble, which will be for the third time in four Fridays. They will play West Noble. Um, Northwood, Wawasee will be a fun game. And the winner of that gets Lakeland. So the bottom half of sectional 20, interesting. Top half, not so much. Fairfield should probably take care of business. Um, yeah, and West, you got a good draw, too. Go figure. And then uh, Bethany Christian, Blackhawk Christian, first game. So we're going to hear more comments about sectionals in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Talking to Kristen Parson, Bethany Christian head coach, Brody Garber, Fairfield girls basketball head coach after their Monday basketball game. Talk to both of them. So you hear those comments here in a couple minutes. But uh, Fairfield specifically, you have obviously had a front row seat to many of their games. I saw them play Central Noble this past Tuesday. Absolutely dismantled them. 51-23 after they beat them three days prior in the conference tournament. Then they just ran Westview off the court. This um, I know Brody's had some great teams in the last five, six years. This one feels pretty special right now. Yeah, I, I, we sat together 
on probably the worst game they played pre-Christmas to Fort Wayne Snyder. Yeah. And Brody has sort of used that game as sort of a bookmark for where he wanted his team to go from there. Uh, he spent a lot of time talking about the poor performance they had there on that Saturday afternoon against Snyder. And since then, if you just look at the scores, but then if you dive into their stats, they have played some unbelievable defense. Yeah. I made mention to somebody on Friday night at Westview that this Fairfield team honestly reminds me a lot of the Northwood team that ran to the state title uh, before the pandemic. Yeah. This this team is winning on defense. They're winning on half-court press. They have a big girl who can score. If you look at a Maddie Payne versus a Bria Garber, mm-hmm. you've got another big girl now, Eva Herbert, who's helping out, who mirror Kate Ruley. Mm-hmm. And it. And they've got a lot of guards who can do a lot of things. They've got random girls that come off the bench and do stuff for them. Right. But they've got Bailey Willard, who's more than willing to shoot threes. It reminds me a whole lot of Reagan Hartman when she was just <laughs> out there shooting threes. Yeah. And this this team really looks like it's a team of destiny right now. Yeah. You know, I, I used um, the Fairfield-Northwood comparison, the 2020-21 season Fairfield. So right after Northwood won state, mm-hmm. Fairfield that year won a sectional went to the regional, and I was saying that year, that reminds me a lot of Northwood. They play great yeah. defense. I'm, so I'm glad you brought that up because this is like, that maybe was like the early, those the last two seasons were maybe building to like this. Now they're up in 3A, which is interesting. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't mind being in 2A, maybe, but if the, if the number one team in 2A is Central Noble right now, like and Fairfield just dismantled them twice, um, 3A will be interesting because of, well, the regional, they won't have to play Mishawaka Marion in the one-game regional if they get there. They would play the region, play Highland. Highland. Yeah, likely saw, Highland. Who I saw Bethany Christian play, actually. I saw Highland play Bethany mm-hmm. Christian. Solid team. Highland's a solid team. I think Fairfield would be okay against them. And then, obviously, you get to semi-state with this new format. You never know. Um, Brody's not a huge fan of the new semi-state format. No, I don't think many coaches are. Um, some money. I, is it a money grab? Probably. Possibly. Mm, yeah. Um, keeps more fan bases interested. 32 fan bases will be in the third weekend of the season instead of 16. So that's 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 why they did that. Um, anyway, Fairfield, 20-2. and two, um, Just look amazing. Like, every time I watch them, they've just been great. And, and Except the Snyder game. But even in the Snyder game, it wasn't a blowout. It got away at the end. It, did. it was about, you know, it hug around 7 to 10 points yeah. for most of that game. And you're and Snyder's a really good 4A team from Fort Wayne. Like, you're you're allowed to lose it's to them. It's a regional finalist from last year right. with a lot of the same kids back. And their only other loss is Columbia City, who mm-hmm. they were down big, came back, almost won the game. Columbia City also in 4A, a very good team. So, like... Well, Columbia City right now holds the mantle for holding South Bend Washington to the closest game of the year. Yeah. So, and that was down at Warsaw when Washington could have easily just not cared, but Columbia City is a really good ball team. So Brody's mentioned that too, that, hey, our two losses were to 4A teams that are really good. Right, that they both should be in regionals. Correct. You know, in a couple weeks. So um, they're, they're they're the cream of the crop for us right now. Bethany Christian as well picked up a nice win over Culver Academy uh, last week or Saturday over a 3A team with a winning record and like they just and they beat Concord too. Concord is struggling big time, but a four A win and a three A win for a one A school is still a good week for a little little old Bethany Christian, right? Air quotes on that little old for the people 
You can't see that when I did that. But <laughs> um, yeah, and then quick shout outs. Um, some of our NLC teams doing well. Um, I mean, Northridge is, is still playing well. They lost to Snyder this past weekend, too, by 22. So Northridge was tied at 35. Snyder pulled away late. Um, Northridge, you know, they've been, they're still good. I've, it feels weird because, like, you know, they lost to Warsaw, so they were out of the conference race. And so it's kind of like they've been like on autopilot in my head for like, all right, well, Northridge is still good. We'll see him in a couple weeks at sectional. Like they've kind of gotten out of my brain a little bit. They're still eighteen and five or seventeen and five. Hold on, six eighteen and five. I was right the first time. Why did I doubt myself? Um, they have one game left against Plymouth, um, and then two coaches doing amazing jobs this year. First seasons: Taylor Burkhart, Northwood. We talked about how they won state two years, three years ago now. The last two seasons, they won a combined six games. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally reloading the program. Burkhart comes in first season. They're at 12 wins already. They're playing South Bend Riley Tuesday night, who has three wins on the season. So, should be a 13th win for Northwood. They are it's, – it's, it's fun. Like, Northwood is one of those programs in girls basketball when they're good. It's just better, I feel like, for the area. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of sad to watch them be so – not so. Uh, that sounds mean. It's been hard to watch him be not that good the last two years. I would agree, and especially when you come off of a state title to then yeah. come back and the worst struggle. defending state champion yeah. ever. The yeah the the book on that season is a lot more than just a record. We all know that there were pandemic issues and they had like four had breaks, like weeks yeah, yeah weeks off at a time, and kids couldn't get the practice and they're practicing the garages. I mean, it was ridiculous. Bad, bad. Um, I would say Taylor Burkhardt has to get a couple votes in the area for coach of the year for the job he's done in turning that thing around. And absolutely no offense to Mark Eater and the work that he put in to try to get yeah. that program there. Uh, but I think everybody could see that Northwood was going to be in a transitional period after that state run with so many seniors that had logged so many minutes. There just wasn't a lot of kids behind them with any varsity experience. And that schedule they play is brutal. Their yeah. non-conference games. Oh yeah, are like, like Penn, Mishawaka, Marion. Yeah. they play these really tough because they're they've been a big program the last however many wa- years. I think they had Washington the first the first year after that didn't get played because of the pandemic. Yeah, they you know, might have. They yeah, might have. Yeah, without it in front of me. But yeah, to say to say what Taylor has done at Northwood has has been surprised, and he's done it without two of his best players who've been on the bench for half the year hurt. Yeah, Claire Payne is just getting back, mm-hmm. and Anaya Bonner is also yeah. just kind of getting back too, one of their leading scorers. So they're kind of rounding into form. It's going to take a lot to beat Fairfield, but like they didn't have Claire Payne when they first played, Northwood and Fairfield. Nope. She is a big player that can maybe combat some of Bria Garber's size down low, where Bria won't just feast because she's six feet tall and taller than everyone. Like, Claire is at least athletically big enough to kind of challenge her defensively. I'm not sitting here saying Northwood's going to win, but it might be a much closer game that Claire Payne's healthy than it was when they played back in December, when she wasn't. I saw Northwood play Wallacey in early January, and one one aspect that Northwood just – doesn't have that a lot of the teams that can make a run do have is they don't have a closer who can score if it's not clear pain mm-hmm. and they there are a couple of really nice players in Karis Bennett and Edwards yeah uh, Jocelyn Edwards a couple yeah. decent kids on the perimeter but they just don't have somebody who can get you 20 if pain doesn't get it and that's that's kind of been the problem with them as they've gone up and down this year 
And yeah. a lot of area teams are in the same boat, so it's not just a Northwood problem. But if if you don't have – Northridge has closers. They have girls who can score in bunches and get you wins and beat you in tight games. Uh, that's what we're seeing with Washington is they've got a lot of kids who can score and they do it in bunches. Yeah. And unfortunately for Northwood or even a Wallace, who they see in the first round of that sectional, uh, neither one of those teams have – have a girl who can get you 25 on a, in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And then you mentioned Wallace. It's the other team I wanted to give a shout out to Derek Gilreath mm-hmm. first year. Um, they are 11 and 10 overall. They've won three in a row, but the big number is they went five and two in the NLC. They finished third place. It's their best finish in conference since the 2010, 11 season. Yeah. Um, I had to really dig through John Harrell to find that the other night. I was like mm-hmm. in the top, top of my head. I'm like, When's the last time Wawasee girls, because they they were 500 team last year, but they went two and five in the NLC. Like they kind of struggled in conference games, but they were still a decent team. And I know the couple years prior, they were kind of building up to that. You know, last year with all the seniors, they had a whole new starting five this year. Literally, a whole new starting five. I think they have five seniors starting last year, and they're above 500, and they're going to finish third in the NLC. Like. Awesome job from Derek Gilreath as well. He, We have like six coaches that could be coach of the year this year. I don't know how I'm going to flip a coin, I think, and figure out who the heck wins this thing. So, I think it's still Lenny Krebs because he was dealing oh. with – he'd have the same problem yeah, down at Warsaw. Yeah, well, Warsaw's not in our coverage area. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, it would be Lenny Krebs because they're starting a bunch of sophomores and freshmen and they're 15 and 6. Yeah. That, I, that's insane. I remember covering that Wallace team that – Sorry, Warsaw 16 and 5. Yeah. When Wawasee last won five games, I covered that team uh, almost exclusively. And that was a sectional run that they made with a team that was made of band aids and bubble gum. <laughs> they, they, had one, they had one true scorer in Kylie Knafel and a whole lot of role players who were able to just kind of do their jobs. And they beat Northwood in a championship. I want to say it was like 24 to 23 or something silly. And that, that team just kind of knew what it had to do to get the job done. And I, I think if you're using that caveat as a rallying cry for your whiteboards or whatever you want to use, it's saying that nobody is going to believe you that you can win a title Wallace. Nobody's going to believe you, Lakeland, that you can knock off Fairfield. Northwood, you're going to have to beat both those teams to get through, and nobody's going to believe that you know, a team that's won six games in two years is going to do it, save for you know, Hillary – Coming off yeah. the bench and subbing in to, <laughs> yeah. to sub them to a sectional championship game, um, it's it's going to be a tall task in that sectional. But I I think your points are spot on about Taylor and Derek both. They've done unreal jobs. Yeah, exceeded uh, expectations by a mile. Absolutely. And even Jim. And then quick shout out Shante Williams, Jimtown Girls Basketball. They've won eight games this year. That's more than the four, last four seasons combined for Jimtown. Yeah, as bad it's as insane. <laughs> That's insane. As, as bad as Northwood's yeah. been the last couple of years, Jimtown has been like that for a while. Yeah. Uh, that's a very, very proud program that very, a very short time ago was very, very good. Yeah. And to see them kind of turn that around, and, and like you said, they've they've had to do it kind of quickly, and, and they're on the right track. They're just in a really tough situation Stirring up at Marion and Washington and Penn and whoever else is is the budding new team of the day, whether it's St. Joe or yeah. New Prairie or someone like that. So yeah, that, that's a tough ask in the NIC. But I think 
I think you really have to give kudos to the work that she's done there. And naturally, they drew Mishawaka Marion first game of the sectional at Marion. So Don't let Nevea Foster score. You'll win the game. Yeah, much easier <laughs> said than none. She has about 2,200 points for her career now at this point. Well, that, that, that's give or take. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I teased it. Let's throw to our interviews, my interviews. A couple quick, just nothing too crazy, with Kristen Parson from Bethany Christian, Brody Garber, Fairfield after Monday's game. Here are they and them talking about their sectional draws and uh, their outlook, you know, so far on their season and then some. We will start with Brody Garber. Sectional draw came out, obviously, on Sunday. Uh, you get West Oble. You'll be playing West Oble third Friday yes. in four out of four weeks, yeah. all at your home gym. Uh, is that uh, What is that like, I guess, when you have to play the same team three times and it's like that? I mean, we have played teams three times in a season, but never that close together and never home, home, you know, three right. times in a row. So um, it'll be, it'd be a little bit odd, but, you know, what we're going to do is take this game coming up regular season. You know, we want that game in order to, to you know, outright championship conference and then, you know, sectionally we'll, we'll get ready for that when it gets here. Does that help you keep focused on Friday night when you know you still are mm-hmm. playing for something, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, and, again, I think having an older, more savvy group of kids, um, they've got that focus. I think they've got that intentionality that we've got to finish things off, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have been, you know, two-time defending sectional champs at the two-way level. Is it any different going up the three or is it just business as usual? I, I think it's just a little bit. Um, you know, some of the teams that we got are a little more, you know, the NLC type of teams. Uh, probably the physicality look a little bit different maybe than the, the two-way reign. But, um, you know, it's, it's as steady as it goes. I'll just kind of go through that. And, again, I think this group is ready for that. And a senior night for you guys Friday night, mm-hmm. then, too. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. This, this is a senior group that has won the most games in program history. Just what has maybe been their impact? Obviously, the on-the-court, 74 wins now, I believe. But what is maybe their impact off the court as well? Just um, steady kids. Just very even keel. I don't think they get too high. They don't get too low. Um, I think they manage their emotions and everything really well. And, you know, the younger ones, really, they just kind of fall, fall right in line with them a little bit, which is really nice. And now here is Coach Kristen Parson from Bethany Christian after Monday's game. Of course, the draw came out Sunday, and you drew Blackhawk Christian. Naturally, of course, the blind yeah. draw, blind draw gods, nineteen and three versus uh, eleven, at least eleven and ten. Um, what was maybe your reaction when you kind of saw that bracket come out on on, on Sunday night? Well, when Steph and I played each other, um, you know, she's like, you know, we're going to draw each other in the first round. We thought we'd play Tuesday. It just kind of happens like that. Yeah. It's just so weird. Um, but you know, like it's. It's it's a new season, you know, and I'm sure everybody says that, but the reality is is that you still got to, like, it's everybody's, it can be everybody's last game, right? Mm-hmm. So it feels a little different where there's like, oh, it doesn't really matter who you play. Well, it kind of does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard to beat teams twice, yeah. right? Like, that's a difficulty twice, three times, doesn't matter who it is. It's hard to beat teams, you know, multiple times in a season. And so um, we'll take a look at film and, you know, like, like honestly, like, we feel like we have a good shot at sectionals um, mm-hmm. and we're excited. We're excited to play them again. We're going to play each other eventually. Like, right. whether it's the sectional final night or the semifinal night, we're going to end up playing each other. Right. So. I, I don't want to open up old wounds, but you've lost, you know, the last two seasons, yep. very close, tough sectional games yep. to start it. How much does that maybe help you guys? This is mostly the same roster that's lost those games the last two years. Sure. How much does that maybe help you going into this week, knowing maybe you don't want, obviously, you don't want to experience that pain right. again? Right. I think, I mean, we're just more mature, right? right? Everybody has a lot more experience, seasoned veterans, you know, they, they know what they want. They, like, I think this, like, winning breeds confidence, right? I, I was talking to somebody about that today at school, you know, like, how do you feel about fair? Well, it's Fairfield, yeah, but we're, like, they have to beat us. They still have to show up and beat us, right? I don't care how good they are. Yeah. They still have to show up and beat you. Um, and so I think, like, there's a confidence about us when we win basketball games and we play well 
that we look forward to. And so, like, thinking about those, oh, those were hard losses, oh, we lost the sectional, it's kind of, this is a different team. Like, those were other teams that played those. You know, so we're a different team, and it's a different season, and we played much different this year uh, than we have in the past. So, um, it'll be exciting. I mean, I, I love tournament time. Yeah. Um, what's it going to take maybe to win? I mean, obviously, Blackhawk is the first opponent, so that's going to be your main focus, but you got, whatever, 10, 11 days now before yeah. and. What do you try to do to get ready for that? And then, you know, it's a sprint, really, from that point on. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, like, we, we have time to actually practice, which yeah. I felt like for the past two and a half weeks we can't even practice because we're just playing. Uh-huh. I mean, we had seven games in 15 days before Concord. I mean, it was just, like, it's unreal. Uh-huh. And so now it's just kind of getting back, you know, getting good shots up and staying competitive. Um, we'll scrimmage our JV guys a couple times just to, like, they're a really good speed for us and actually faster than most girls' teams. And so it's a competitive group of guys that we get to scrimmage against. Um, but just staying, you know, hungry and wanting to win and not kind of having those letdowns. Obviously, we'll have a day or two off but yeah. um, here and there. But, you know, you just got to keep fighting knowing that, you know, the next season is ahead of us. All right. Thank you to Brody and Kristen for their time. They always talk to me after the games anyway. So I figured I'd just steal them and ask a couple of questions. It's two solid individuals, though. I'll oh, yeah. And Kristen, both of both the and Brody's good people. Both in the Coach of the Year conversation. I mean, Bethany, most wins in program history for a single season. We haven't even gotten to the postseason yet. So Fair, Fairfield is Fairfield's going to be close to it too. This, this senior class has won the most games in program history, and it's also the first time I would add that they have swept the conference if they beat West Noble on Friday night. Yeah, and yes, as so, good as they've been. Yeah, I, I, it was kind of hard to believe. Yeah, the only one other tournament win, conference tournament win, was surprising. Yes, ninety six when Bria's mom was the star player, mm-hmm. Amy Garb. Or Amy Garber, formerly known as Amy Bechtel. Yes, correct. So, um, wrestling. You are a wrestling coach, Mike Deke. <laughs> um, we have sectionals this week. Hey, that came out of nowhere. Huh. Um, three sectionals that we follow from our area. Seven teams at Elkhart. Nine teams at Plymouth and West Noble each. Um, we'll start with the one near and dear to your heart. It's at Plymouth because Wallace is there. It's their only coverage area team at this sectional. Um, looking at the teams, this feels like a year where Wallace is the favorite going in. Correct me if I'm wrong. How's the how's the team feeling, Coach, going into this one? The the team is very motivated by by the one point L we took last year to Plymouth. Trust correct? me. Yeah. Yeah. The, that was that was a shocker. We we all were shocked, and the kids felt that one for a long time. The the senior class this year has not stopped talking about it. Yeah. I. It feels like, I mean, realistically, it feels like you guys should be able to get most of your guys through the regional as well. I mean, unless I'm mistaken there. Like, I'm not a, obviously a savant of, like, Bremen and Culver and Louisville, but I know Warsaw hasn't been as strong as it has maybe been in the past this year. And Plymouth, they have the big kid at 285 who's really good at Popey or whatever you say his name, Poppy. Tony Popey. Yeah. But other than that, like, it feels like you guys can get 10, 11, 12 kids through to regional. I know it takes one win right? for all part, unless depending on how the draw goes, or two wins. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I guess breaking that down a little bit, um, we do like our chances. Uh, our goal every year before we start anybody, you know, any, any names go on the board, goal is 14 kids of the regional and as many kids we can get to East Chicago. Uh, Semi-state so, East Chicago. Yes. So we start there. Uh, when you when you look at what needs to be done, we need to get kids in the first place match and win. Uh, that is where we start. Uh, we did that last year. We got, I believe, seven or eight kids into the final, but we didn't 
walk out of there with titles like we thought we were going to in a lot of spots. Uh, we had a couple upsets uh, along the way. We had uh, 152 got beat, uh, which back then was 138, but they are now both paired against each other again at 152 uh, between uh, Caden Smith and Hunter Miller. So we're, we're looking forward to that. The Smith brothers from Plymouth are outstanding, and both one of those, uh, Wesley Smith at 145 was, was an NLC champ as well as Popey at 285. Uh, so we do have some talent there. Caden Smith at 152 uh, is very good. And I think, as you mentioned, Warsaw has a couple individuals. They have Martinez and lightweight. Uh, they have a, a pretty good 85, pretty good 220, and they have a kid at 195 in Jackson Walters who's – probably on his way to a semi-state appearance this year. He's really good. Yeah, should be interesting. I think Wallace should – you guys probably feel confident, but you never know. I always say wrestling is the weirdest sport because you could be good and think you're going to win, and then, boom, someone turns it on you two seconds, you're pinned, it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, it's the one of the flukiest sports. It has the biggest element of fluke, in a sense, where you could be dominating, and then, boom, kid somehow flips you, and you're done. Yeah, it's just one, weird. It's just weird like that sometimes. Yeah, one thing that uh, Coach Frank, Frank Baumgartner has talked about uh, in the room with the kids this year is that even if you don't make a final, win the third place match because that's how we got beat by Plymouth last year. Was we right. had a couple fourth place finishes where Plymouth finished third, and it didn't necessarily mean that they beat us head to head, but they were winning at say one sixty or they were winning at one twenty five or wherever, and took away a point from us. And that when you're talking 249 to 248, that's the difference in a sectional championship and how we don't get to repeat as champions at the watch Plymouth celebrate. So yeah, it kind of soured uh, some of our kids for the regional and we didn't do as well as we thought we would. And that's got to change. Mm-hmm. Um, quickly, the sectional at West Noble, basically a supersized or a mini version, I should say of the NECC tournament, yeah. all nine teams in the conference, only team, not there are fair teams, are Fairfield, who goes to Elkhart, and Garrett, who won the conference tournament this past week. So, so yay, no Garrett. Uh, yeah. um, we have West Noble, Westview there. Uh, notably, West Noble, Nolan Parks won the two hundred or 182, excuse me, uh, championship at the NECC this past weekend, 33-5 uh, and five on the season. They also had uh, Taden Chambers go second place at 138. They had four guys finish in third place. So if you're trying to do, like, who can get out from West Noble, you're basically running it back without the Garrett kids who are really good. So you might have a chance to, you know, get more kids, at least six. Feels like at least yeah. six from West Noble can make it out, uh, barring upsets and things like that. And a couple of the West Noble kids have knocked out Fairfield kids along the way. So right. you take them out of the equation as well. So West Noble's got a good shot to send possibly half its roster to a regional, which – for a school that isn't necessarily the first place you think of for good wrestling, yeah, that's pretty nice accomplishment for them. And also, when you're talking Garrett Railroaders, who are state ranked and pretty good, have, have continually contended for a team state title in the last five to seven years, they go east, so you don't have to worry about them either. And they stole quite a few titles at the NECC last weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think West Noble has has this really sitting on a table for him saying, if you want it, go take it. And you don't have to finish first to get out. Yeah. Um, and then Elkhart, all seven teams there are our teams. It's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, Concord, Elkhart, Fairfield, Goshen, Jimtown, Northridge, Northwood. Quickly want to shout out uh, Goshen coach Jim Pickard. 500 wins at 
Goshen. He reached 500 career wins earlier in the season. He got 15 wins when he was a wrestling coach in Guam. I did not know that. I was wondering where the other 15 came from. He told me on Saturday night, Guam. He was there for 15 months, and then they moved to Goshen, and he's been at Goshen ever since. 32 seasons, I believe, 31, 32 seasons, 500 career wins. Now he's at 502. They got two more after they got to 500 on Saturday. So congratulations to Jim. It's no no easy task, obviously. 500 dual wins is impressive. So. I think the first thing that most of those guys say when they've been around that long is it just means I'm old. But yeah, right. I, I think it, it does say a lot to success and longevity for you to be able to put up that kind of number. I don't care how good or bad Goshen's been. You know exactly what you're getting with them every time you put them on the mat. Um, mm-hmm. If you're going against them, you're going to have to put your best foot forward because Jim won't settle for anything less. Yeah. Um, each one of these teams has a guy or two that's going to you know, stand out. Armin Koltukian, 195 for Concord, is very good. He went to state last year in 195. Has a really good chance to make a run. This is also a weird sectional with only seven teams, depending on the draw. One kid in each bracket will be automatically to regional. We'll have to wrestle. He'll be he'll get a bye to the final four, and he's in. Which you know usually the top kid. So I think like Koltukian and ninety five will be that kid. And um, I'm really excited for the one eighty two showdown. We're gonna get a couple times here in the next couple of weeks between Lace Detweiler at Goshen, Caden Lone at Northwood. They split the regular season meetings. You were there for the second one of the NLC championship. Mm-hmm. Lone won, threw up the four, four-time NLC champ. Best picture maybe we got all year so far. That was awesome. Um, yeah, you no problem. You're okay at that. Yeah. Just, no, you know, keep you humble. You're okay. I had a couple of them over the years. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's whatever. Won some awards, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, I got some stuff, did some things. Right? Yeah, Jimtown's got a couple kids, um, notably Mikey Calamani at 132. He's very good. He's got a chance to make a run. Uh, the most Italian-sounding name ever, Mikey Calamani. Um, um, Travis Henke at 220 for Northridge, very good. Um, Braden Jellison, Elkhart, 285. Uh, Ethan Friedline at 170 for Elkhart as well. This is off the top of my head, by the way. I'm mm-hmm. just, this is a, I'm on fire. Brecken Moran, Fairfield, 220. Good kid, second place at the NECC last yep. weekend. Um, he's got a chance to make a run. Uh, it's a pretty... There's got a lot of talent in there. It's always hard when you get to like regional and semi-state. It's hard to forecast kind of like who's good or not. Shout out Indiana Matt. That website makes me feel somewhat smart when I'm looking at these things. It's become the John Hurrell wrestling. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's a, it's a and tremendous value. It's not a pricey subscription or anything. It's like, man, this is really good. It packs a lot of info um, in there. Um, I've. I'm trying to remember. I think Jimtown beat Elkhart by a half a point last year at this sectional. It was a half point difference. So, a lot of motivation for those two teams to do well. Um, it feels like a toss-up. I don't really know who the deepest team in this sectional is. So, everyone has a couple guys at the top, and they're all in different weight classes except the two ones at 182 with Goshen and Northwood. So, like... Your guess is as good as mine who's going to win that thing on Saturday. It really depends on who who really shows up on the other half because, as you mentioned, each one of these schools has three or four kids that you can kind of say, not worried about. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're going to do what they need to do. You know, your Caden Loans and your and your Morans, Travis, well, Morans and, and Travis Henke. Henke they're yeah. they're going to go do what they do, and you don't really need to worry about them. You just kind of send them out there and hope they don't have disaster. It's 
what are you going to get out of your 106? What are you going to get out of your heavyweight? You know, if they get run over by Jellison, are they going to come back and get third place for you? Or are they, are they going to compete in a, in a final or something like that with only seven schools? Uh, I think in this case, I watched Elkhart beat us down yeah. at the Warsaw Invite uh, in late November and then go back out a half hour later and lose to Warsaw. So I don't know what's a make of Elkhart. Um, Northwood, I don't know if they have enough depth, but they have enough frontline talent that they can stack some points pretty quickly. But right. I don't True, know. Truex at 126 as well. Someone Correct. I forgot to mention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Calix Truex is very good. Um, they they have some sneaky kids that might be able to steal some points out of there, but I, I think if I got to put my dollar on the score, I'd go with Jimtown until someone proves it. Yeah. Yeah. Elkhart beat Jimtown head to head in their duel this season. That was Christian Carroll's last match at Jimtown. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's a monster. We covered the end of his the end of an era, yeah. Christian Carroll. We yeah. were there. I sent Evan there. Remember, I don't know, I don't remember know how Evan? much of an era it is, but yeah. Yeah, shout out Evan. He's like he's like maybe the best wrestler to come from Indiana in however many years, and he wrestled 30 high school matches, if yeah. that. Yeah. So go figure. Yeah. Again, um, again, no comment. Yeah, go figure. That's all I'm gonna say. Um quick check-in on swimming and diving. Um, we didn't have really much swimming this week. A lot of teams are kind of just chilling as we get ready for the postseason. We did have the Mishawaka Diving Invitational. Nick Hardy from Elkhart, he won on the boys' side. Riley Robinson from Concord won the girls. Um, they were two of three divers to reach over 400 points in the 11 dive event. Riley was the only female to do that, so that was pretty impressive. Both nominated for Athlete of the Week this week. Um, so there you go. Nick Hardy went undefeated in duels this year. He put up a 463 on, on over the weekend. That's a good number. That's going to get you to state most years. Um, and I think Robinson's, you know, if you look at the seeds, you know, the Indiana High School Swimming Coaches Association, they'll put out, you know, at, after January 16th, they kind of put out their seeds and rankings and take it for what it's worth, obviously. But... Concord girls were fifth. Wawasee girls were sixth. Robinson was in the top ten in diving. A lot of, obviously, Wawasee girls are in the top two, three. Concord, a lot of representation there. Northridge was 12th. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, you got to go out there and swim. But um, feels like the NLC, just like last year, could get three top 12 teams at the state meet or top 13 teams at the state meet, which is impressive two years in a row for a non-Indianapolis-based conference. Yeah, one of the sports that I grew to really enjoy covering was swimming. Uh, not because I enjoy swimming myself, but Same. It, it just has this different feel to it when you get on the deck. I, I don't know what, yeah, it, really what it feels like as a fan because most of my years were spent walking around the deck. But when you get on that actual floor and the kids are completely immersed in what's going on, um, maybe more so than any sport, save for like state level cross country. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the only other example I could give. But sectional swim at a Concord, sectional swim at a Northridge is unreal. The best, the best part about it is, you know, during the regular season, the genders are usually together in a meet, yes. so you know the crowd isn't as full. When it's just the girls or it's just the boys, the other gender is in the stands going mm-hmm. crazy. They're usually dressed in a you know, goofy uniform Themes. outfit. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I think the entire Northridge boys team or whatever was wearing short shorts and, yeah, you like, know, going crazy at the, the meet cup, you know, girls meet two weeks. It is, it's a different environment. And, you know, it, 
people who I don't they don't if they, if they don't go to it they don't really feel it they don't understand it is raucous like when they're doing the yeah. relays oh man it's a it's loud it's intense it's it's a really exciting atmosphere to be a part of yeah to piggyback that thought about the dress up there was an exemplary report that was just posted on Twitter about Wallace's boys team they dressed up as the other team's mascots <laughs> and were supporting. The, you know, if the kids oh, dressed yeah, up like they Plymouth, did. they were clapping for Plymouth. Yes, if, I was wondering why they were... Like Northridge, they clapped for okay, Northridge, which I, I think is sacrilege for Wawa see the cheer yeah. for Northridge or a Concord. I saw that. In the sta- I didn't understand what was going on. I just thought there was like one sad Plymouth fan there. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's depressing. Feel bad for the Plymouth kid. It was all by himself. No, that was Wawa see. That's yeah, actually really cool. Yeah, can you imagine being a Wawa see kid? How do you dress up as Red Hawk? Well, I... Dude, I don't know. It was probably easier when they were the... Redskins. I, I'm, I'm just wondering. Way who, more offensive. Who drew way. the short straw and had to dress up like the Concord Minuteman? Yeah, to, to dress up like the Concord I hope they mascot took the creepy, cheer for Concord. I hope while they took the creepy head yeah. thing that they have at a Concord. Yeah, that would have been funny. While they were slaughtering your, your team in the point standings. Yeah. And meanwhile, Wawasi goes out and sets, what, eight records? Five. 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 I think all of them were school records at that. They probably are. Like, I would be shocked if they weren't. Unreal meat. And the boys, the boys have had a good year, too. And this... This week is really fun. That, yeah. That, that boys NLC meet, Wawasee, Concord, Northridge at the top, and you can always throw in Warsaw somewhere because they usually pull and some kids out of nowhere. Joe, Joe Hahn from Northwood in the 50. Joe Hahn is going to add really a lot good. of sauce and to those events. He's yeah, in. he is good. He's broken the school record in two events this year. Multiple 100 times. fly, yeah. 50 free. They're good, and he's good, and so it's gonna, yeah. The NLC boys, NIC boys, both this weekend. NLC at Northridge, NIC at the Elkhart Aquatic Center. Best um, facility in the state, by the way. It's yes. better than IUPUI. One, yeah, it's close. Personal opinion. Probably, um, they should just move it to Indianapolis. Um, it'd be great. We can go state to Elkhart. There. We don't have to drive as far. Hey, state wrestling might be in you know Evansville next year. So God, we'll see. No. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's not I'm do not that. To ride the bus. <laughs> I'll take a take a plane. Take a little. I'll just ride the team bus. Flight out of Goshen, yeah. Goshen Municipal Airport. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Penn, Penn will win the NIC. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Elkhart, Lucas Bird. Lucas Bird is very, very good. IU commit. He's gonna win his events. Um, he has a chance to win state. He's, he's, a, he's a couple he's a top of the, five swimmer. In the oh state. yeah, he's very good. He's very he's good. Down. And obviously, we mentioned Nick Hardy diving he has been really good. He's won every invite meet mm-hmm. he's been at this year. Um, so they'll get points. Elkhart will get points. Penn will win, but Elkhart will get points. Correct. Um, NLC. It feels like Concord. They just have so much depth. Again, to, you know, same thing on the girls' side. Wallace is breaking the records, but Concord's getting. It's like the wrestling thing where can you get the second and the third and the fourth? Yeah. Like, that's where they get their points. It's almost like the invisible points. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wow, Wawa C won eight races, but Concord won by 110 team points because they got yeah. second, fourth, and fifth in every race. And Tom was probably celebrating those just as much yeah. as Wawa C was celebrating theirs. Oh, yeah. So the depth of Concord, since I've been here, has really been the determining factor in a lot of these things. Right before I got here was when Northridge went second in the girls, like the season right before I, you know, came here. So since then, I mean, Concord and Northridge had the girls of the year in 2020 before the pandemic when they got third. But, you know, really it's been Concord since I've been here and, and both both genders. Yeah, so. we, we've seen the shift and a lot of the 
competition we've seen in the NLC over the last 10, 15 years, Northridge ran the table forever, but Concord was coming. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing Concord run the table and now Wallacea is coming. And, yeah. and Warsaw has kind of been, was that before both of those teams were doing it. Warsaw was a team that was chasing Ridge and they had a ton of kids go to state. Now you're, you're, it's just sort of a cyclical thing we've seen here in the swimming. And it wouldn't surprise me in a couple of years if, you know, if there's another shift and we see Concord take a step back and somebody else take the reins. Yeah. All right. Well, let's throw it to our Goshen College Maple Leaf Minute from Dante Stanton this week. Dante. Reporting for 91.1 The Globe, I'm Dante with your Maple Leaf Minute. Starting off in the hardwood, GC men's and women's basketball were in action on Wednesday. Both squads facing off with Indiana Wesleyan. In the men's matchup on the road, the Leafs fell 91-64. Elias Ramirez led the way for the Leafs with 19 points on 8 of 12 shooting. The women's game was as close as could be through three quarters with the Leafs and the Wildcats tied up, but it was the final stanza where Indiana Wesleyan pulled away, dropping 20 in the fourth to skate past Goshen 55-43. Both the men's and women's basketball teams were on the home court on Saturday against Bethel University and neither squad came away with the win. The women kept it close, closing the gap on a 16-point deficit in the fourth. On the floor, up to Null. Seven seconds to go. Null. Three on the way. She got it! 5.6 seconds to go! but eventually fell to the Pilots 64-62 in a thrilling come-from-behind effort. On the men's side, the Leafs outlasted the Pilots through one half but could not finish, allowing an 18-point scoring run to shift the momentum to start the second half. Final score on that one, 83-65. Both men's and women's track were in action on Saturday. Summer Cooper gathered yet another national accolade, hitting the A standard time in the 800, while Nestle Kemboy paced the men's squad by hitting the NAIA standard for the 3,000-meter dash. That's going to do it for your Maple Leaf Minute. Tune in next week for more GC Athletics. And uh, thank you for that Maple Leaf Minute update. It's always more than a minute, which is always funny. It's like we call it the Maple Leaf Minute because of alliteration. But then it ends up going like a minute 30, a minute 45, whatever. People don't – I keep track of that. I don't think people at home are keeping track of it, but it's just funny. Just got to be excited about your product. Yeah. Sell yeah. it. Maple Leaf, 20 minutes. No, you don't want 20 <laughs> minutes of Maple Leaf content. The hour of the leaf. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to hit on from the national – Sports scene, Mike, this is your platform. You don't get many platforms to talk freely. Well, not freely. You got to keep it PG. But um, we're both Bears fans, so that was depressing. We don't have to talk about them. Um, The NFL games this past weekend were okay. Okay? So sad for the Cowboys. Devastated. Breaks my heart. Mm. You hear, I feel bad. That last play was hilarious. I don't know what they were trying to do, but it's now two years in a row where Dallas. Their last play of the season has been objectively hilarious. Against the 49ers both times, too. Just the funniest thing. Like, what are they trying to do? Big brain thing. Some kind, of, some kind of swinging gate that they didn't even get off the hinge. It yeah. Poor Ezekiel bad. Elliott. If that's his last play as a cowboy. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So funny. Flat on uh, his back. Bengals. Man, they're insane. That's Joe Burrow. Joe Cool. Joe Burr. Just call him Joe Burr because he's cool. Um, that it felt like the Bills had everything going for them. Demar Hamlin in the building, and it just didn't matter. Joe Burrow's that good. He's just that guy. Yeah, I kind of think what you're seeing in the NFL now, trending wise, is that the teams that have defense can beat mega offense. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers and the Bengals, I think, are proving that that their defenses are playing really well right now. I agree, and they're. Great defensive coordinators, too. Like schemes, too. Like Raheem Morris with San Francisco, he's going to be a head coach next year. D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans. Why did I say yeah. Raheem Morris? I don't know why. D'Amico Ryans is what I meant. 
who Raheem Morris is somewhere out there. Maybe he interviewed for the Colts job. Twenty people have interviewed for the. Oh, Colts. He was on the Dolphins at one point. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't keep why, tracking my defense. I don't know why I said Raheem. I don't even know where I pulled that from. Yeah, That's yeah, that was bad. D'Amico Ryan's. I'm sure D'Amico was listening. I'm sorry. Yeah, D'Amico. Um, I got you, D'Amico. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to pronounce the guy from the Bengals. His name is like a very Italian-sounding name, but he's been great last couple games. I mean, mm-hmm. Ravens game two, and so Bengals Chiefs. Should be fun rematch from last year, uh, Philly and San Francisco. It always you always get to this point, and like rarely do you get a conference championship game where you're like, oh, this looks bad on paper. Like it always looks good, right? It maybe they'll disappoint. It, naturally, it happens, but it's always funny when like these games look awesome. Like yeah, it should. They're the top four teams in the league. <laughs> like if it, if it didn't look good, we'd have an issue here. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah, it should be fun this weekend. It's always fun. It's the NFL. You never know. So, um, yeah, the the Bulls won a game in France. That was fun. That's yeah. fun to watch. Oh, Mike Bray resigned, kind of retired, kind of. That's the big news. I was the Bulls. I was watching the Bulls in France when Mike Bray decided he was gonna hang up the whistle at the end of the year. That's a big news. That's big local news. Yeah. Winning his coach in Notre Dame men's basketball history. Yeah, our, our assistant superintendent is a season ticket holder, and she's been lamenting Mike Bray for most of the season because she wants her money back. Yeah, and they've been so I actually bad. text her when I heard that he had got or uh, made the announcement that he is going. He's to stepping resign. away. Yeah, stepping away. At the end of the year. So, yeah. yeah, but I think if you're if you're looking at the positive side of it, uh, Bray has changed the culture on what Notre Dame men's basketball is in a time when Notre Dame women's basketball was accelerating and then becoming the national force like they were, uh, I believe two national titles with Muffet, uh, while Mike Bray was still trying to get Notre Dame to become what they were with Digger Phelps right. in the late 80s and early 90s. And that's not an easy thing to do, especially if you're in the ACC, uh, playing against that breadth of teams on a nightly basis. So... If, if you're going to say anything about Bray, I think you have to look at the overall body of work instead of kind of where it's gone in the last yeah. couple of years. I, I tried to author that viewpoint on Friday when they had those press conference, and he's cracking jokes about, like, wow, I finally got to do a press conference in the football press room, which is where they were at, yeah. and talking about how Pete Byrne from WSBT missed the introductory press conference because Pete was getting married the same day on campus. And just, like, Bray – like, he, yeah, obviously this has been a bad year. They are terrible. They are 8 and 10 or whatever. 1 and 8 in the ACCC. They're awful. They were, and for a team that was coming off an NCAA tournament, and they only, they graduated two guys, really, you know, Wesley and, and Paul Atkinson. It's been, well, I guess Wesley didn't graduate. He went to the NBA draft, but they lost mm-hmm. two guys. They had six graduate seniors on this roster right now. Four of them were starters last year you know, quality minutes in the NCAA tournament, and they've just been so bad. It's been bad. Um, So the good thing is for a new coach, this roster is going to be completely new no matter what next year. Like, you don't have to, like, worry about as many guys transferring probably because six of them are going to leave no matter what. They can't come back. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're a new coach, it's not a bad opening in that regard. Like, it's not going to take as much legwork like, to use an example close to my heart, Missouri, Dennis Gates comes in from Cleveland State, 
And I think there's like one or two guys that were on the roster last year that are there this year because other they all like transferred or you know Dennis Gates brings in his new guys. It's a whole new roster. Whoever comes in now won't have to do as much of like guys leaving because they're already going to be graduating. Like it's not going to be you know not as many hurt feelings. I guess if that makes any sense. Like yeah, it's easier they- to start it when you only have nine spots filled on the roster as opposed to 13 when you come in. I think one thing that Notre Dame has to its advantage is being in the ACC, so you get the exposure that if you're trying to get some big names in, you're going to be playing teams that are on TV. Right. You're not just going to be playing in the Horizon League or somewhere like that where the only time you're going to be seen is the NCAA tournament and you're going to be a 13 seed playing Kentucky yeah, or something like that. You're going to be on ESPN. So Notre Dame is going to get those Dukes, North Carolina. You're going to see the bigger names yeah. at least once, Virginia. if not twice. Yeah, Virginia. you're going to see Virginia. Yeah. Uh, now Miami's ranked. I think yeah, Clemson Miami's ranked, ranked at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so there are – there are opportunities for Notre Dame to get some exposure games. They usually have a decent non-conference schedule. Yeah. Um, I know yeah, Michigan so, State was yeah. on it this year. It's a power five. It's a power five conference, power, yeah. power six for basketball. Sure. Cause the big East still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, not what the big East used to be, but it's the big East with Creighton from Nebraska in it, which is just funny to think about geography and that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still, I think a good job. I think it's still a good job. And Bray showed you can win. I mean, they went to two Elite Eights with the tournament 13 times in his 22 years. 12 of the first, you know, 13 or 12 of the first 17 they went. He he went to the postseason in some form like 18 of the 22 years, not including the COVID season, which canceled everything. But they went mm-hmm. to the NIT a couple times as well. I know it's not the same thing as the NCAA tournament, but you can still go to the postseason in here. It's not a lost cause type of wasteland um, place. So it's just going to be hard to always be fighting football. You know, it's always hard to fight football here and women's basketball being a top 10 program the last 20 years. So they're third by default on this camp, on the campus, not this campus, the campus of Notre Dame. So well, baseball could argue that they're pushing you even further behind. We'll see and, how baseball does this. And there's, this spring, there's a couple yes. other programs that are pretty darn good there too. So yeah. Um, well, Mike, this has been great. It's the first time I've done a podcast here, so yeah. Yeah. Something. It's been very enjoyable. Um, thank you for coming on. It's been fun to finally talk sports with you, like I said, uh, officially. Mm-hmm. It's always been unofficial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for Kristen Parson, Brody Garber as well. We'll be back next week. Wrestling sectional recap, girls basketball sectional previews, Boys basketball, reactions, NLC, big games this week. You got to love it. When we get to this time of the year, it just feels like the energy's up. So uh, tune in next week for all of that and more.